Hello everybody, it's Friday night and it is weekender time once more. And on this week's show, as we bring you a pinch and a punch for the first of the month, we have a guest. Ooh, you'll see who that is in just one moment. But before we get into that, we have a prize for this week. From store.ontabletop.com, we have a copy of Legio Imperialis, the Horus Heresy. If you want to be in with a chance to win that big box, then you need to comment on this video on tabletop.com. So hop over to the website, comment below it there. You'll see the big post saying Weekender. Now, we've got a whole bundle of stuff to empty your wallets before the festive season begins. So sit back and relax because your weekend starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Weekender. I'm joined this week by Ben, Justin, and a visitor. <gasps> a visitor? We've Ooh, got Stranger Danger. The Lazy Rogers with us, Jack. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? How's, how's the heat and weather over there? Here? Uh, it's rainy and gloomy. Oh. Feels like I'm in England or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like home. Sounds like here. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like our summer. Yeah. Yep. Definitely not Italy. <laughs> Uh, Jack is is a uh, maestro of 3D sculpting. Um, we'll be looking at some of his stuff later on, uh, but mostly he'll just be commenting on other people's stuff, uh, telling you how it's not as good as his. Yeah, you're all terrible, <laughs> you're all horrible. How the scales are too big, uh, miniatures aren't sculpted particularly well. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll try to be nice. Uh, no, it's okay to get a little salty. Uh, before we get into the show proper, we have updates. First off, it's <clears> December. <throat> Pinching yeah. a punch for the first of the month. Yeah. So if you can lay your hands on somebody, give them a bit of a slap. That's always good. That's probably going to be easier for some people than others, mind you. But Jerry, your, your hands are so big, it's like half the size of my head. <laughs> it's the way to do it. Um, but Benjamin and mm. Justin, you're going to be all librarying it up as well. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so this weekend is a pretty awesome event. Uh, if you've not checked it out already, make sure to go and uh, check out all the links and stuff. There'll be some stuff in the show notes about tickets and all that kind of thing. For the there's a board game uh, day happening. Uh, well, tomorrow. Well, I know less next week. Next week, yes, yes. Uh, a week from yeah. tomorrow. You a have week a week tomorrow. to plan. Everything week has to plan. I seen, I seen yeah. the shock on Justin's face there. We thought <laughs> you're flying out now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So there's a, a board game day happening next week uh, with the British Library where you'll be able to go down and play loads of awesome games, be they miniatures, tabletop uh, sort of board and card games, everything else in between, all in aid of the Fantasy Realms of Imagination exhibition. Uh, it's also going to be run by the UK Games Expo. So if you know those folks, you know, they put on a good time. So be able to down uh, go down and have some fun. We'll be there as well, taking video oh, and all sorts of fun things, which would be nice. Look about John Wick. <laughs> The other good thing about it, and uh, what uh, Jerry is going through here, is that this is also coinciding with the Realms of Imagination exhibition, which is being run by the British Library down in London, uh, where you'll be able to go and basically uh, dive into the history of fantasy throughout the ages in book form, in movies, in TV, and everything else in between. There are some really awesome um, books on display, loads of interesting uh, sort of 
talks from authors and all that kind of stuff happening over the next couple of months as well and also beautiful artwork as you can see here as well for the ancient map of fairyland which is just gorgeous i, I was blown away when i saw that it was, it was very cool you know when it is from pardon sorry you know when it is from that's amazing yeah that's from like the 1800s i think it is oh, okay. so it's, it's, yeah sense. or 1800s or sort of like early 1900s i think it was mm. <laughs> i can't read that yeah I you'll have to go and check it out for yourself yeah. at the exhibition oh you see what i did uh, there? It's very impressive. <laughs> i'm i'm really looking forward to just getting down there and actually talking to a few folks just about yeah. what they have seen of the evolution of gaming because mm -hmm. we've seen it within our lifetime just how much the industry has changed mm -hmm. but being able to go to an exhibit where you can see it from its earliest days and see just how far we've come for fantasy worlds i think it's going to be yeah. really interesting yeah mm -hmm. so it's uh it's it's uh, well worth uh, checking out. Um, there's an article that I put together a couple of weeks ago, mm. which you can go and read through, which kind of gives an overview of what you can expect from uh, Fantasy Realms of Imagination and their ex exhibition there. It's just next to Euston Station in London. So if you've not already been, make sure to go and check it out. And it's, if, uh, it's if you can't get there, uh, it's like a seven minute walk from King's Cross. Yeah, yeah. So it's not too far away. So you, you, uh, you can go to Platform Nemeth three quarters while you're at it. You can do. You can mix in a little bit of Harry Potter at the same time. <laughs> Other fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? Um, so you are going to be going over and poking around and sticking the camera in people's face and that sort of thing as well? Yeah. 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 That's that's the general idea. You know, mm -hmm. uh, honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But the, the bonus for me is I get to be in London in December time and go to the Christmas markets too. Oh, there we go. An ulterior motive. Of course. Of course. Hang on, hang on. It's me. It's a, it's a I have to be efficient. It's a too late to send Shay. <laughs> well, hang on. you know she's just going to end up in the pub and not go to the event that's, that's, that's yeah. fine that's, that's all good yeah. uh, <laughs> right so UKG and the British Library they're doing stuff for, for December we're also doing stuff and in many respects we we're better than them yeah. because we're here on the British no. Library and UKG aren't so <laughs> sucks to them so, better than a British institution sweet better than two British institutions <laughs> that's just how that's how magnificent we are uh, but Dungeonalia is happening Ooh, yeah is heck of a name so Dungeonalia is now live uh, this is the opportunity for you to dive in to crafting awesome dungeon-based terrain, miniatures, and everything else in between uh, throughout the entirety of winter. It's going to be running from today all the way through to the 1st of March. So a couple of extra days there just to help you out uh, because of leap years and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but you're able to dive in. You say that, it finishes <laughs> 20 days before winter does. Oh. Because the Spring oh. Clean Challenge starts in Spring Clean, of which course. is the 21st. Yes. So oh, we're no. cutting your winter short. Ah, but oh. we, no need a little, we need a little buffer zone for you guys to make the short I list suppose. and the shorter list and the even shorter list. Yeah, that's probably winners. a good idea. Oh, that's true. That's probably a good idea. But yeah. <laughs> See, uh, admin. So you'll be able to dive in and have some fun with our project system, doing all sorts of good stuff. All you got to do is uh, create a project, make a profile, obviously, on OTT as well. Uh, and sign up for the Dungeonalia 2023 category there. And there you'll be able to dive into a variety of different categories of building and crafting and painting and everything else in between to have some fun within the world of dungeon-based activities. It doesn't have to be... Um, you know, a massive project, it could be something small, anything anything you want to do when it comes to dungeons. It doesn't even have to be fantasy. It no. could be sci-fi. It could be pulp. You could be exploring uh, the depths of a pyramid as you go to hunt down mummies, or you could be going into Space Hulk and battling some aliens in, and with your Terminators and all that kind of good stuff. I mean, you, you could do a, a six mil sci-fi cityscape for a dungeon. You could do, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking even... Um, because when you think about dungeon crawling, 
you're just moving from place to place, smashing yeah. little things until you get to the end, and then you beat a boss. Uh, and I've started playing around with beat 'em up from Trader's Galaxy, which is just sort of Ooh. 1980s beat 'em up on the tabletop, which is exactly the mm -hmm. same sort of thing. You scroll around the the map, picking up bits and pieces, grabbing your loot, and then at the end of it, um, you beat a variety of bosses after you've dealt with all their books. <laughs> that could be a dungeon crawler. It could be. And I'm just yeah, working. Right. I'm currently trying to work out how. I can do a tabletop that's more, less set up in advance, more mm -hmm. random yeah. for, for that full Streets of Rage, Double Dragon feel. Uh, tell you what you could do. You, you could do something like the old fighting fantasy where in between you're choosing between options, which then means you're bringing out a different segment of your dungeon. Oh. You have a written dungeon and then a tabletop dungeon that then is procedurally generated. Yeah. Hmm. That could be cool. I don't understand yeah. the first bit. <laughs> so you, you have your book bit but whenever you would come to your fight I, you I lay it out on the table I, I don't have a book go write one I'm not writing a book <laughs> wow <Yeah. laughs> just not, but, uh, not only no but yeah. very much no uh, just to sort of keep things sort of categorised in different ways we have a few different options for you to choose from when it comes to diving in uh, so there's dungeon stonemason so this is the category where you'll be building 3D dungeons so this could be Ooh. using uh, plastic stuff or it could be doing uh, entirely scratch built dungeons if you wanted to so if you wanted to break out you know all the coffee stirrers and everything like that you can do that there's also dungeon architect which is where you'll be building 2D dungeons. So if you want to approach things uh, from the perspective of graph paper, like in the classic old days, that's a good way to go. Uh, maybe even want to use some dungeon building software online. That's also a good option for you to, to dive into and have some fun with. Um, then we have Dungeon Master. Uh, so this is actually the sort of story writing thing. So maybe this would be fitting into what Justin was look, talking about there as well. Uh, so if you wanted to craft yourself... <laughs> so if you wanted to craft yourself a large campaign story or maybe just a single encounter or maybe a couple of encounters to do with dungeons then that's a nice option for you to dive into and have some fun with there produce loads of artwork for it as well if you wanted to that could be kind of awesome uh, and then we have a couple of sort of painting uh, ch challenges as well in there too so there's dungeon heroes so this is crafting the best looking dungeon hero party so if you've got an idea of your sort of friends heroes that you wanted to bring to the tabletop dive in and do that maybe you've got a whole bunch of Hero Forge models lying around that you want to get painted up. This is the category for you. Very awesome stuff there. Or you do have time to order them up because it is running for quite exactly. a while. Exactly. It's running for quite a while, yeah. So uh, plenty of opportunities there. There's also Dungeon Monsters. So this is the flip reverse of the Dungeon Heroes one. <laughs> so if you wanted to dive in and uh, paint up some awesome monsters for your dungeons, then this is the one to dive into and have some fun with there. Very nice. Very broad as well, as I said. Could be aliens, could be your classic goblins and gnolls and trolls and everything else in between. Uh, have fun. Take it wherever you want to go. And then the final category is the Dungeon Younglings one. So this is for entrance of 14, well, under 14. So if you wanted to dive in uh, with your kids and build some fun dungeons, this covers all of the categories that we've previously mentioned. So if you wanted to have some fun with your, your kids and play games over the Christmas period and things like that, just dive in, have some fun, build some cool dungeons, get all the cardboard out, and just go crazy, effectively. And uh, make, and make sure to mark the Younglings uh, yes. project as a Youngling project. Mm -hmm. That makes it nice and easy for Jerry later. <laughs> yes. uh, Jerry's for life, not just for yeah. Christmas. Exactly, yes. So he can find all the projects and put them into our lovely... Uh, lovely. Otherwise, I get very annoyed and spend <laughs> forever in the projects. Yeah. 
and yeah. I spend enough time in that project system. <laughs> a more wretched den of scum and villainy. You'll find. <laughs> uh, I will also say there are going to be prizes for all these categories. So if you're interested in a little bit of an incentive, make sure to dive in. There's some uh, wonderful creators and producers who've uh, offered up awesome prizes for this and you'll see these filtered into the post over the next couple of weeks so make sure to watch out for that and maybe that'll drive you towards a particular category you never know we'll see but yeah have some fun basically i feel like hassling the caesars i've already kind of (laughs) mentioned that i want to hassle them about Uh getting them on and doing things because if you're unaware of of caesar inc chris has been doing the justins and dragon strip for ages but they've also done uh lots of live streams on twitch where they would design a dungeon in an evening and while they're populating it and having a chat with the the audience and going back and forth as to what's going to go in and what's going to happen and what the storyline should be um at the same time chris is normally drawing the dungeon that they're going to be fighting through yeah uh, live uh, <laughs> on one of those tablet things with the the internet yeah, um, cool. so yeah so maybe we'll, we'll get there just mistress mimi's written across the top <laughs> all of that and so much more <laughs> Anyway, all right, that's enough updates. That's too many updates. This is a ridiculous amount of updates. Let's take a look (laughs) at the indie of the week. And this week, (gasps) Burning Designs is doing a bit of laser cutting. Um, So I deliberately avoided doing Tiny Fighting Men this week because we've done very Tiny Fighting Men the last two weeks. And now that Jack (laughs) is here, all about the Tiny Fighting Men, I thought I'd throw him a curveball by doing some uh, big laser cutting buildings because I'm mean. So mean. Um, or Fred. But, well, yeah, either one. Uh, but um, Burning Designs, as you can see, do a substantial amount of laser cuttings. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so much, so much um, that we won't get through it all. However, they do have some interesting things. I'm going to start with the most interesting slash weird that you're not going to see often and then mm-hmm. we'll back into the more i expected to see afterwards <laughs> uh, because... i'm seeing some wild and wacky there so i'm not sure what what your offbeat one really is oh my offbeat ones are so offbeat uh, so we're going to start with sky command uh so if people are fans of steampunk and they've often thought where can i get my hands on some Ooh. form of laser cut airship uh then this is the place to go. Also, I really like this website because for once I don't have to scroll because I can just do this. Oh, now, nice. And, and now I can just go through the entire category. If anybody <laughs> else is planning on building a website like this, please do. Uh, it means nobody can see the name of these. They'll have to or the price. They'll have to come to the website for once. Um, but <laughs> I really, I really enjoy the the absolute weirdness of this. Nope, don't want to do that. Uh, so yeah, the uh, the steampunk stuff is. It's a genre that gets kind of overlooked, the, the pure classic Victorian sci-fi steampunk. There's an awful lot of, of stuff that gets categorized as steampunk these days that aren't massively off the beaten track from that that classic old school. Um, and this is more of, of that, um, which I really like to see. I'm also impressed that they came up with a way to do their little blimplet um, with this interlocking cardboard ribbing on it as well. It gives yeah. it a certain amount of rigidity. Yeah. The only problem is getting a, a helium-filled balloon inside it to float it around the place. <laughs> uh, where there's a Jerry, there's a way. Always. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always the way of things. But I really like these, um, especially, well, there's there's a classic one there. There's Bat-Bat. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, the Conroy Bat-Bat, which, as mm-hmm. we all know, starts with a couple of big blimps. It does. At, yeah. at the, uh, the start of the show. Yeah, with the Just big searchlights. Massive yeah. spotlights on the bottom. Uh, and 
there is just a, uh, as you can see, a wealth mm. therein of buildings. Uh, Very so cool. depending on how you plan on building your airships, mm. you too can do this thing. Mm. That is very distinctive, and I'm sure I've seen that in a film, but I can't remember what film. So answers are pushed oh, by, please. I know it. Jack Boots on Whitehall. Oh, I think. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I could never, be wrong. I've never seen that, so <laughs> so it might not be that one. Oh, I'm dude, not saying it's not. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying I've never seen it. Um, where's my <clears throat> favorite? There's a little disco disco thing. I was thinking this could be kind of awesome if you did a tabletop that was quite high off the ground, so you had lots of big scaffolding and girders and uh, ladders and all that kind of stuff going up into the sky, and then you had the airships it, like strapped to them in between it, and so the skirmishes were all played out on that sort of high-flying oh. uh, sort of tabletop. I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> this I want to do on a winter board, like steampunk World War Two fins. Oh, that could be cool. Skiing. <laughs> Just being towed behind it. Just skiing, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit perturbed by the fact that Freya is leading a unit of marauders in uh, Ripper's side of that as well. So I'm not, not sure what's going on there. That dead zone's gone very Clash wrong. Of worlds. Clash yeah. of worlds. It's probably yeah. best that, uh, to be fair, I mean, they were hireable mercenaries, so maybe maybe it's something she couldn't pull the rest of the Forge Fathers in for. Or maybe they just went, you know what, no. No, Freya, no. <laughs> but yeah, so steampunky, owning the skies, delightful. Oh, the use of kudos of the use of the cardboard bent this way. Uh, I like that they actually managed to put some rivets on the cardboard so it doesn't feel like just flat and it's curved, which yeah. kind of breaks the. Uh, for me, sometimes the problem with laser cut is that it, there is a huge limit, which is that everything has to be flat. But flat, if you just yeah. put even a little bit of curve, then the limit is not as visible as it was before. It just becomes a technical challenge, but it's not like something that you see and it's like, okay, this must be cut, uh, like laser cut because everything is flat. You just have to bend it a little bit. It works mm. great. Yeah. There, there are a few places where that pops up here and there. As we go on, Gaslands, Gaslands, the tabletop oh. game for dinky toys. Can anybody guess what's going to be in the Gasland bit? Petrol stations. Better than that, dashboards. Oh, oh. nice. That works. Now, you two can actually shift up and shift down. We played some Gaslands with a friend of mine, Clive. Clive loves Gaslands, and he'd found online little key rings that were gear shifts. And so he bought like a bundle of them. So when we were playing, we could shift, but you're always. It's it's not something that sits. It's always lying on the table, and then you have to pick it up and shift into the new gear. Actually, being able to set it up and have a dashboard in front of you is just delightful. Mm. That is, uh, and you can buy them in sections, by the way. So you don't have to buy the whole dashboard. You can just buy the little gear lever um, if you're just looking to do it on a, a lower budget because you want all of your players to have it in front of them, or yeah. if you want to go the whole hog and you want to have the. the That's uh, really cool. Oh, I, the rev I want it all. And all the rest. Yeah. I want it all. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be playing Gaslands, why would you not? Why would you not do that? <laughs> Quite a few uh, miles on that clock as well. <laughs> oh, very much so. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's coming to the end of the year, so it's time to turn all the clocks back on the cars on the second hand <laughs> lot. Uh, but they also, do, probably a scooter. they also do uh, bits and pieces for the tabletop itself then, so gates and jumps Brilliant. and turns and, and the like, so you can actually populate your board um, with various billboardy like things, which nice. is always nice. And as you would expect... Uh, not you, Crash Barrier. There we go. Templates as well, uh, which are what's needed. But I see a lot of templates. Fine. Lots of people make the templates. Um, it's it's going to be a thing. But the, the dashboard setup just blew me away when I seen it, which was really nice. It's really pretty. Yeah. 
And look, you two can mark off when you've spot off terribly because you've been shifting mm-hmm. too much. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a whole variety of things for Gaslands, which is a, a game that blew up massively, had a great second edition, and it's kind of, there's people still playing it, but it seems to be you don't hear as much, um, which is, you know, a little bit of a shame because it's it's absolutely cracking. Yeah, oh, definitely. There are, there are people playing it in 10 millimeters now. Like, oh, okay. Right, scrolling it down, scaling it down, and just playing on a even smaller scale. Like, I know people who are producing whole sets of that. That's really nice. Lovely, lovely. Ten mils, oh, nice. If, if you, you really want, you, you can set up the Las Vegas circuit from F1. Basically, yeah. <laughs> just travel travel gaslands. And, and play with micro micro machines. Oh, yeah, micro yes. machines. So right. you don't need a full six by four. You can play on a, a smaller board. Yeah. Yeah. You can switch basically from Hot Wheels to micro machines. There is maybe a bit less options in terms of like, I don't know, like a bit of a fancy looking cars, but you have a lot of weird stuff in micro machines too. And it's probably more expensive because at this point it's hard to find them cheap. But yeah. It's really nice. Oh, that's a super cool idea. Yeah, yeah but yeah. with with some of the games out there that are small scale, if you want to upgrade your vehicles with some weaponry and stuff, I'm mm-hmm. sure you can find it now, especially with the advent of 3D printing, just scale it down. Yeah, yeah. Or or just take a rod of styrene and that scale it will work just as well, mm. which is something a bit harder to do on larger scale. Anyways, yeah, there is a micro gasland group on Facebook, which is very active. It's very fun stuff. Cool. I must go and have a wee look, see, because I'm in the yeah. regular. I'm in the regular Gaslands one, but I completely missed a micro one popping up. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem with um, scale jumping. People people tend to drift off and form their own little collectives. Yes. Uh, I quite like the blue phone box dice tower. It's, that is it's really just, nice. It's just yeah. cute, especially but, uh, with you know new series starting up and everything as well. So people will be diving into that 60th anniversary. People going and playing the role playing game as well, so you could use this to roll your dice and stuff. Nice little addition. Or maybe See, just playing 7TV, actually. Just yeah, I would, I would love someone to make one of these where you throw small dice in at the top and then bigger one come out at the bottom. <laughs> There's like a lever on the inside. Yeah. Just, just to freak people out. That would be cool. <laughs> You're not right. You've gone wrong, mate. Anyway. Um, I can tell that. There are a little set of quick kits. Uh, and these are bits and pieces that you can chuck onto your tabletop that are very small, a couple of pieces. Um, incidentals, I think, is probably mm-hmm. a, a better way of putting it. So, you know, parking meters, ice machine, or a whole a whole rake of stuff. And yes, <laughs> there are, you'll see when we hit the moderns, there are certain things that get referenced um, through burn-in designs uh, that we all know who they are, because I think that's a Nuka-Cola there. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, these are... Again, it's the the weird bits and pieces. Obviously, for Bat Bat, it's great. I even like how they've done the chain link on the uh, swing set. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that would be particularly sturdy, uh, robust in the long run. I might, you know, I, I think I'd probably just go ahead and cut that right off. But for people who don't want to start adding chain to their own stuff, uh, that's just interesting that they've done that. Mm-hmm. Wacky fun. Look, fuck your martinis are like catnip tusk cougars. <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's absolutely great I love it all the bits so yeah uh, a whole rake of bits and pieces that you can chuck into your uh, your games whether it happens to be a, a generator or a massive Liberty coin to put in the back of you know all of these and so much more but if you put the Liberty coin in you've got to put in the massive T-Rex oh, yeah you've got to do yeah. the dinosaur as well yeah Ah, uh, we all—it's what we all knew. Batman's a hoarder and a collector, just like us. 
the nodding Derek, which looks like it would actually it does look rotate. Like it work. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it would function. Yeah. yeah, which is a whole level of uh, I can't be bothered with thisness. <laughs> <laughs> but I am ad- I admire the fact they've done it. Yeah, uh, you know, you two can do it anyway. So yeah, the incidental pieces to dress a modern city, uh, and we always talk about this that you get a lot of um, terrain, uh, but in the majority of the times the terrain is. Uh, fauna, foliage, and buildings. And what you don't see a huge amount of are the things that lie about the streets. So you don't see, you know, the, the the blocked roads, the signs, the fire hydrants, that sort of thing. Um, and apart from adding interest and making a city look like a city, it also adds cover. Not every street, I often run these problems, is um, you end up having to fill streets with loads of crates or something. And it's like every Every street has mountains of crates in front of every house just so you have some blocking terrain going down the street. And you go, well, that's not realistic. But maybe a few knocked out cars, some signs, guillotine. Guillotine, uh, of course. Just right in front of Parliament, you know, just so they know. Um, These are all all good in the hood. Um, So, yeah, a variety of modern steampunk and, uh, I suppose, Wild Westy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all quite cool if you're after bits and pieces like that. And then we all have to do this. You can Six compa- millimeters. You, mm. you can compare and contrast. <laughs> I, I'll just sit back and wait now for the I've done it better. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I've done in 3D. That's a very different beast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for fans of things like Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, uh, that's, I mean, I'm fairly certain I've seen that rotating in a Jerry Anderson production in the past. Um, so these are obviously great for battle tech and drop uh, drop zone, um, which is kind of where they're they're aimed at. Uh, probably also work very well for bot war. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, because yeah. that's technically it's a bit smaller. Uh, bot wars around eight to ten. This is six, but at the same time, if I want my giant bots kicking a street down, then if the buildings are slightly smaller, it makes the giant bots look even more giant and bot-like. So that's very true. Yeah. yeah. See, see, smaller scale, I think you can fudge the scale on your buildings a little bit more. Yeah. And this is another prime example of that, um, using slight curves to get around the fact that it is, there's MDF. It's just got, you know, the, the dividing in it allows it to, to tile the front and at the same time have a very tiled building look to it as well. All the shiny glass work. Look, it's the London Eye. <laughs> you ever want to push a London Eye over with a giant bot? I know I have. Uh, <laughs> where's the Fantastic Four if we need them? Uh, underneath the giant wheel that I've just pushed over <laughs> on them with the bot. <laughs> Take that, the thing. Those are really nice buildings. I like the the way that they've designed them, especially because yeah. then you can uh, put in you know, clear Fantastic Four. acetate and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Inside, can't you? Well, I mean, some some of the negative space stuff they've done is really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not every building has to be slammed on solid. A solid box. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, they're they've got a they've got a very architectural model feel Mm. uh, to them as well. You know, I could see that Network Twenty Three. He's mad as hell, and he's not going to take it anymore. (laughs) 
And I have a very good use of the laser cut in this. I am a bit worried about the cohesion of the different buildings together because they're all individual, very nice individually. But uh, just like you said before, the scattered terrain in between is the thing that glues everything together. Yeah. And here it might need a bit of that, but maybe it's ahead in the, in the images. Oh, yeah. this looks good. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting bits and pieces. There's your Mac bays or Bob bays. Yeah. Yeah. On how you're feeling. So you too. Pacific Rim music plays in the background. Does Battletech have music? John probably knows. I imagine <laughs> I was there's... talking about a different thing, but okay. Yeah, but well, these are sad for Battletech. That's, you know, let me get well, I mean, I'm sure the room. old cartoon still has it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Ah, oh, wall sections as well to defend. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're if you're looking to populate a uh, a board, you can do that. That's a bit of a big thing. There's another stonker. Mm-hmm. Again, getting the curves in, but in a slightly different way. And in this case, the smaller scale helps because then the uh, the fact that you get the grooving on the laser cut around it means that it looks like two or three levels of um, glass that are individual, but also you have that paneling again. So, yeah. Yeah. Some, of, some of the pearlescent paints we use would be great for that. Mm. Mm. Oh, power generators. It, uh, immediately, that's an objective you need to destroy or protect. Yeah. <laughs> Why not both? Yeah. Destroy it by protecting it. Oh, throw people into boy. it. Yeah, and and there's tons more. I mean, we we get lost yeah. in here forever. But yeah, the, the six mil stuff's funky, mm-hmm. including look at that. Wow, it reminds me of the big archway of the the hands with the swords in Iraq. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting like St. Louis vibes. Oh yeah, yeah, right, true. Another Ferris wheel for you to push down. Yeah, <laughs> if only there were superheroes underneath it. <laughs> I mean. Mac will have to do, but yeah, yeah. So the, the Federation is nice. quite quite funky. Um, there are two sets of Old West, so Rock Ridge and Santa Puco. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rock Ridge, where we go riding into town, a whipping and a whopping, a whipping and a killing every living thing to within an inch of his life. Ooh, uh, it is a more Wild West Exodus steampunk uh, feel. So, very Ghosts of Mars. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. That is one of the worst films I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, I know. That's why I love it, because it's so bad it's oh, good. Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, I feel like at that point, Carpenter was just trolling the audience. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so this is 32 mil, slightly bloated scale, but with that steampunk sort of industrial feel to it in places. Um, obviously, spoiled for Wild West Exodus. Which is what it's designed for, and as you can see, there's some waxes people being all waxity around it, and that's all. I mean, you know, it's nice. It's very cool. There's I like the. I particularly like the train. I think the train is one of the coolest things in this set, and you could have so much fun doing a big scenario around that. Proper like Wild West Exodus train robbery. You can easily upgrade it to make it a bit less flat because everything is laid down so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Adding, I mean, you could sit with a riveting tool and just add rivets. Sadly. Yeah, yeah. Or Which, you could three D print some do. like tacky bits and just glue them onto yeah, the side. Yeah, yeah. a lot of greebles would work. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you could even take off the wheels and turn it into like a monorail hover train thing and do a kind of solo <laughs> uh, sort of heist. That could be kind of cool. Definitely. So yeah. just fighting your way down the carriages. There's, yeah, yeah. there's a dungeon crawler. You yeah. are fighting from carriage oh. to carriage, attempting yeah. to get to the end to stop it going Good into idea. the village. 
Yeah. Or get up to idiot. You got stopped right up the front. (laughs) You were back in the same way. I don't know. As an adventure, it feels a bit railroaded. I I miss games that you were just, you know, on the tracks. I see what you do. Santa Poco is uh, more traditional Western. Hmm. Uh, So you two can do uh, New Mexico, Arizona. Breakout Billy the Kid and Friends, or if you're playing Napoleonics, you can do the uh, Peninsula Wars. Peninsula War stuff. <laughs> yes. I might be looking at that. <laughs> yes. I'd like that, aren't I? I really like Terrible those. man. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool tower as well. It's a heck of a bell tower. Just missing yeah. the bell. But now's a great time to get bells. If Very anybody's true. looking for bells, hit yeah. the shops, grab a Christmas decoration. <laughs> you're sorted. Mm-hmm. Just remove the clapper because otherwise your your little kids will drive you insane ringing the bell as you're playing. <laughs> I was just thinking of plastic Christmas tree decoration. Oh, there'll be okay. loads of them around. Yeah, yeah fair. Yeah, There's a nice variety that. in this. Yeah. I like the... Um, Make the, pizza. <laughs> have a party. Have a shootout at the same time. Yeah. I like. I really liked the arched um, walkways and stuff because mm. it gives you that kind of cinematic feel of the characters moving between cover, you know, switching between them, ducking out, firing, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. can get, get yeah. Zoro in there. Yeah, diving around the place, use on yeah. guard. It'd be great. The roof texture is really good on that as well, actually. The uh, tiling, yeah, being flat. Yeah, I like that. Mm. So yeah, although for the the little fountain, I would definitely add a little bit of water effect to that. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Fill it with some nice resins or something. Yeah. Something a lot of people forget is these kits are just like a baseline. You can upgrade and do more to them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. let's be honest, especially with some Adobe buildings or close to Adobe buildings, you can totally apply some bluster. You can just send them down a little bit. They will increase, like, the, the, the wow effect is going to triple in no mm-hmm. time. Of course, they didn't do it because they have to show the product. But if you're mm-hmm. buying it in very little time, you can have a huge improvement. Oh, yeah. Ooh, a look at some of the uh, sci-fi. Ooh. Kind of feels like sci-fi Vietnam. Oh, yeah. I suppose you could do that. I yeah. never even thought of that, yeah. Yeah. All the hats. Mm-hmm. You two onto your VTOL landing zone. Stick them in some trees. Go, go, Get some go. little teddy bears. <laughs> I really should paint my enforcers for dead soon. <laughs> Is this just pushing you to do that? <laughs> it's kind of pushing me to do that, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. Maybe a little, bit. a little update for me. I've got two units fully done for my orcs now. Oh, there so, you go. Yay! For me. You could run those as marauders and get Edson. Yeah, I could do. <laughs> He's using I really like these, though. Moo, nice. moo, moo. Nice. It, it, they've been done in such a way that you could have these as kind of have... I could see them as sort of floating things that you'd have in sort of an ocean mm. board, as they've kind of done there. Or you could mount them higher, as we were saying, <laughs> in some trees. Maybe do something a little bit, bit Ewoky, perhaps. Oh, you, you could do a skyboard. Yeah. Do our skyboards, yeah, yeah. Introduce those airships we were just looking at and mm-hmm. kind of sci-fi them up a bit. That could be cool. Yeah. Again, things to blow up, fuel containers. <laughs> things to push people off, Ben. Things to push people off as well, of course. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that the main thing? <laughs> yes, it's just it pushing the people off things. <laughs> Find something high and push them off the top of it. That's yeah. why you want to do a skyboard. It's uh-huh. so, so that everything is push-offable. Yes. Yeah. And yes, I'm going to have... Yes. Sorry, go on. <laughs> this one is really calling for a star grade for me. It oh, has that. There is a bit of dungeony feel in there. Like mm. you can go around, you can have like a story happening there. Really works well. Yeah. Sorry. That would be super know, cool. totally fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll go Daggers Reach first. 
there's a lot of fantasy. Oh. A lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, what you would expect to see in a fantasy board, some Tudor-esque buildings and some fortifications. Hello, so, Frostgrave and or Mordheim or something in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, this genre is where I really think some of the, the laser cut stuff shines those shooter houses because it, it sits with the actual design aesthetics so, so well. Oh, and you can do the seed pack those gaps well. with, yeah. with um, rocks and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And away you have go. Like, have like one dead body hanging out of it. Crushed <laughs> under the rubble. Man, you, if you've been watching Kingdom of Heaven, <laughs> I think most of the wall was made up of dead bodies based on the amount of people yeah. between the breach. Oh no, you died building it. You're now hard pack. <laughs> oh, I really like these. Lots of mm. detail. And again, it's so easy to, to upgrade and just enhance what you're getting. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, it's one of the things that I've always said about. Obviously, I like kicking people off things in miniature games. Yes. But I, it's the the height element is so important, I think, because it gives you the idea of scale all, all the more. Because you can have lots of floor level rubble and that kind of stuff, but actually having tall buildings with lots of stories that you can run through, especially for skirmish games, is just so important. I think because um, it means that you think in different, well, <laughs> in different in dimensions, more, more creative ways to kill people. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I, I could just shoot this guy in the head, but what if I pushed him off something and then yeah. shot him in the head? Or <laughs> shot him in the head and then watched his body fall? That's the, the bullet and the fall killed him. Yeah. So, yeah. You're just the absolute worst. <laughs> I'm never going up anything tall with you ever. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the last one I want to shine light on very briefly is uh, the Metro Metro City. Yeah. Uh, and it has Brondo. Mm-hmm. It's what plants crave. <laughs> Uh, which is always good, I feel. Uh, and these oh, are, so is uh, this uh, like treated stuff? So it's got the the covers over the top of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, it looks like laser cut prints. Very so cool. These are um, they're designed to be skinned with like paper printed, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So these aren't printed designs onto the the MDF, or at least not at the ah, moment, I believe. Okay. Um, the idea is that the buildings are relatively easy to sort of store and stack. And then mm-hmm. if you want to get a quick effect on them, then you use the... Uh, ah, so it's like a the, basic the, facade, and then you uh, just apply whatever you want yeah, over the top kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. A yeah. touch of PVA and the squeegee. Very I mean, cool. be, being able to do things like that, putting like full nice graffiti on the side of a building. Mm-hmm. I like the little trick of the depth perception there as well with yeah. the, the corner sections and things. It's a really nice thing. And that's something, I mean, we've yeah. talked about this. Sarissa do wallpapers and carpets and stuff to do the interiors. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there are a lot of people who've done paper terrain and cardstock terrain, which have got the textures on it and railway modelers use it a lot. I think I've got yeah. some HO scale on a Hugomont somewhere from forever ago when I was thinking about doing um, Napoleonics. And Somebody was saying, I think it was Warren actually recently he was going about the 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 durability in the of cardstock mm-hmm. and papercraft is just it's just not there. And just thinking, but you just glue it straight down to something like this. Mm-hmm. Look, that's that game. Remember the car game with the Clown ice cream truck? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like on the PlayStation. Yeah, Armageddon? No, 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 it, no, it was uh, Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's the one. That's why you're here, Justin. Factoid brain. For the win. <laughs> Although, talking about cardstock, do you remember whenever we did the old Flames of War event where yes. we made Lodoslavia? Lodoslavia, yes. 
Yeah, those buildings are still fine. Ghostbusters. Every last one of them is grand. Ghostbusters. You get to send someone in to turn off the power. <laughs> uh, oh. Don't let Slimer out. Yeah. <laughs> don't let any of them out. They're all terrible people. Yeah. Oh, I'm so looking forward Can to I? the new movie. Very nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Love those. A whole, yeah. whole rake of mm-hmm. modern-y bits. Mm-hmm. If you were grinning go- joke shops, you're bustery type things but also here we go this is what i'm after and again back to the curves ah. have, have your little caravans and trailers and again food truck nice. you know things like this great for the walking dead which is coming back mantic i think i've announced it today uh but they were teasing it all week the walking oh, dead be, is be coming still back. my beaten heart if it's there and um- I'm diving in they all the way like this a, time. A Negan teaser or something, wasn't it? And they were like, eh. Yeah. Uh, they've, <laughs> they've done three teasers where the Walking oh, Dead have been in the background. And then they went, join us on Friday to find out. Uh, so the rumors, because it hasn't been officially announced at this stage, but the rumors are licenses back and there's like 30 or so models, like a final wave that will finish the Walking Dead storyline that was never Brilliant. done in the initial. Mm-hmm. So even though I own everything, I've got to come back for seconds. <laughs> Look at that. The palace presents, just print that out, stick it on a billboard. Yeah. And away you go. So, yeah. Uh, love those. Love I love Batman living in a trailer park after uh, after he spent all of the Wayne Foundation money on bat stuff and then he got <laughs> kicked out of Wayne Manor. Uh, <laughs> just every week, you know, people sitting on their, I was going to say sitting on porches, sitting in front of their caravan uh, and then the bat signal goes up. And that Bruce Wade fella comes running out and hops in some sort of jalopy that's just been beaten to death. <laughs> uh, you just hear a backfiring. Rips up the street. Or they just go back to drinking, smoking the meth. Cool. <laughs> I imagine what happens. It's like the world of uh, Gotham's a terrible place, and the trailer parks are even worse in my imagination. So yeah. there you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, that is our Indie of the Week. That is Burning Designs. Awesome. Uh, mm. They lurk in America uh, for people wondering. Um, but obviously, you know, they will ship internationally, but when you're ordering massive blocks of wood, you may find that the shipping costs are uh, chunkier than expected. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, it's always worthwhile. Yeah. Shop. Shop. <laughs> oh no, I like it. Yeah. Right. Well, we're going to move on. Have a look mm-hmm. at the news. We'll be back after the swish. Coming to you from the center of northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh- you love. It's the motherfucking news. <laughs> all right, we're back for the news, and we're going to be going back in time, back, <laughs> back in time, both in history and in games. Exactly. Yeah. Battlefront are relaunching an old mm-hmm. range. Yeah, so uh, Battlefront Miniatures have announced, um, actually over the last couple of months really, that they're going to be relaunching the Great War range, but now it's finally going to be arriving um, throughout a variety of different stockists uh, across the world, in the the UK and uh, in in Europe and in uh, America as well, where you're about to dive in and pick up the awesome Great War range that came out back in 2018. Not 2028, as I mistakenly put in the article, which would have put it in the future. Close enough. but yeah, ones are twos, twos are ones. Mm. But this is their World War One miniatures game for you to dive into and have some fun with. Um, they're actually going to be releasing everything basically as it was back then. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody who was playing the game back in 2018 and you just want to 
fill out the collection with stuff that you might have missed or maybe you just want to get started and sort of match the game with the what your friends are playing and stuff then there's some loads of there's loads of different options for you to choose from here there's all the starter sets for you to choose from so you've got the british the americans the french and the germans yes this is set towards the sort of uh latter period of the first world war so this is when you get to see the big tanks rolling in uh, and all that kind of good stuff as well which is always nice to see um but one of the nice things about this as well is that you're going to be playing around with loads of infantry at the same time as all that stuff too, and trench works and blasted forests and ruined cities and everything else. Um, so it's looking really, really cool. Uh, and uh, as I say, should be popping up from a bunch of specialist retailers um, over the next couple of months. So if you're somebody, as I say, who missed out, this is a great opportunity to dive back in again, really. so yeah. mm-hmm. My command section has to be Blackadder. <laughs> yes <laughs> also handy if uh if you fancy doing all quiet on the martian front exactly yeah so this is uh 15 mil so that works perfectly well for that um a lot of the another thing that i was floating as an idea which would be mm. kind of cool is that um obviously people are liking liking the idea of getting a bit weird in world war one so maybe if you wanted about, to yeah. yeah maybe if you wanted to do that that could be yeah, kind of cool yeah. i Go do want to see some route. of the map companies do like a torn up earth map yeah yeah so there we go Oh, there's a uh, there's a few of them out there, just a whole six by fours filled with craters, yeah. uh, which will do your no man's land, and then you can just push as many tanks across as you can possibly manage. I I am such a big fan of the classic land ship design of those tanks from World War One, just the big hulking beasts just rolling across. <laughs> yeah, things like the, the Saint Chamon. Oh and, yeah, um, it's a it's a brute anyway. But I think yeah. we were talking about this with all quiet as well the really long drawn out tracks on them was, mm-hmm. so they could bridge those trenches yeah um and that's you know always fun to do anyway look yeah. at my tiny trench look at the tanks going right over the top of me yeah that would look at me be a french tank with a big long body and tiny tracks and i get stuck <laughs> i was gonna say the other yeah. thing that's really nice about this too is that it's a it's another game about world war one we've had it so you know a lot of the focus has been on world war ii over the years with with wargaming and now we're actually seeing a lot more stuff with world war one we're in 28 mil obviously from firelock and stuff um but it's good to see um this game come back and give people another option when it comes to scale for the for this period as well so yes mm-hmm. definitely a war that you don't want to miss out on because there's some really fun stuff in there for people to get stuck into when it comes to gaming so yeah I'm so curious to see how uh, curious because I didn't play it myself, but I'm kind of feeling like the roles of uh, Flames of War might actually work even better in World War One oh, because yeah. the parking lot feel of World War Two in World War One kind of works. You literally <laughs> have rows of people running in front of the enemy fire, so you might actually get better dynamics there. And the yeah. looks are really good, and yeah. all the people now are like formed in their brain to like this kind of look because Games Workshop took so much from World War One, and now we're doing the full circle. We're back to yes. the original. That's really, really... <laughs> uh, that's that's good karma, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> See, I would really love to play, like, super early World War One before all the trench lines started getting done. cavalry and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but before it was an entrenched battle, because then you could actually do some of the, the early skirmishing fights that you would have seen. Yeah. And I think that would be really interesting. You could do early yeah, skirmish. Some some of my uh, friends, like a Polish friends, that get triggered when I when I talk about skirmish war World One. Because <laughs> sorry, not skirmish, like a trench war for of World War One. Because most of the theaters actually did not have trenches at all. So actually, that's very true. You can play uh, the Eastern Front. You can play the colonial area areas. There is so much going on. It was a world war, not just a Verdun war. 
Yeah. 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 I think that's it. But just because the, um, the front lines were so static for so long mm. and those trenches just sat there forever. Mm-hmm. People tend to focus on that as if it was the, the sort of the be on and end all, but you got yeah. all sorts of weird stuff. Um, there was a uh, Cambry, possibly mm. not how that's pronounced, um, which was the biggest tank battle in World War One, And there were two cores. It was like 500 British tanks mm. on the field. You, you can do some ridiculous stuff. And obviously doing it in 15 mil, much easier than trying to put two cores worth of tanks on a, a table in 25. Yeah, oh no, there was, there was a movie, Beneath Hill 60, which actually follows some of the Australian miners doing siege mines against the other trench lines. Do that as a tabletop game. Mm, there is like a, well, there is like a self-generating like dungeon that you're trying to dig through and fight each other yeah. and reach your objective point to actually blow up the other person's trench line while the opponent is trying to countermine you while digging their own. That could make uh, a really fun game. Cool. Be the follower of Zero Two Hundred Hours from Pray For Now, like another <laughs> board game become becoming a war game sort of yes. thing, but with a very specific, very picturesque setting. That would be amazing. And then at the end, there's a crater big enough to have a lake in. <laughs> yep, it's all good. It's all good in the hood, right? Yeah. Uh, moving away from old miniatures and having a look at Star Wars Shattergrounds or Star yeah. Wars Crisis Protocol. So As like you to like call to call it, it. yes. Okay. <laughs> so this is a couple of new sets coming out at the start of 2024 for Star Wars Shattergrounds. Um, we saw that they were doing stuff for Legion uh, last week in the show, uh, but this week we're going to be uh, talking about their slightly larger scale stuff. So this is like 40 mil. Uh, and there's going to be two new squad packs coming out for the game uh, towards the end of January. Uh, you can already go and pre-order these from their web stores and stuff. So the first one of these is Fearless and Inventive. Uh, and this is a great set for those people that want to infiltrate and or raid Jab- Jabba's Palace. Uh, so you get the awesome version of uh, luke skywalker there and his wicked black outfit oh looks so cool very awesome uh and he is then uh joined in battle by leia organa in her disguise as bush <laughs> which i didn't even realize that the the disguise had a I'll name but there we go did you know <laughs> no i didn't know at all but yeah it may be, maybe maybe so it's something that's mentioned in the movie that i didn't realize but no uh, but it was mentioned on the packaging of the figure oh, from the movie right. which i still have somewhere yeah. not the packaging yeah. packaging goes away so I can play with oh, the yeah, toys oh yeah keep the toys yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so you've got uh, Luke Skywalker there and Leia Organa uh, and then helping them in their endeavours you have R2-D2 as you would expect uh, alongside the badass that is Lando Calrissian yeah. uh, that disguise had a name as well but I can't remember what one that is mm, okay. yeah. it's interesting they've gone with those for Fearless mm. Inventive um, because I would have thought put Leia in with Chewbacca because yeah. she does bring them in, mm-hmm. chained up, uh, and then put the droids in with Luke. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe we'll still see them. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll, see, maybe we'll they, see a carbonated solo as well. That would be cool. <laughs> a nice little carbonated solo terrain piece to put on the board. That would be Objective wicked. marker. Yeah. Um, one of the other sets that they're going to be working on as well. Oh, before we move on, it's a, shame that, it's a shame that Lando is in that kind of like Static pose. He's, I would have liked him to look a bit more animated, but there we go. He, but, yeah, it's so. weird. He's in the guard pose where you see him pull down the mask and give the wink so everybody knows it's Lando behind the mask <laughs> in the palace itself. Yeah. And then Leia is in a fighting pose and mm. she was never fighting as Bush. 
So you never, she's only ever in a static pose with the thermal yeah. detonator. So she yeah. should be static. Holding and, a thermal detonator. <laughs> and Lando should be the one swinging that force pike. Yeah. Uh, as he was on the barge. Yeah. Um, anyway. But yeah, if you're interested in this kind of era of Star Wars, the second pack is called Fear and Dead Men. Um, and this is a set that Great contains comic. the mighty Vader. Oh, so good. Um, so yes, you've got Vader there with his lightsaber at the ready, bringing it down on some poor unfortunate's head. Um, just destroy those rebels. Ha 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 ha. And then alongside him, we have uh, Lieutenant TK289. Again, named character, which I thought was pretty well-ass. So you've got a Storm Super Sergeant, who's probably better at hitting than his companions. Well, probably got um, laser eye surgery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he's joined by two regular stormtroopers as well. So you can sort of uh, expand things out a bit, a little bit there. What's quite nice, well, what's quite nice about this set in particular, that I think is quite good, is that it feels like this one could be expanded on very nicely with additional packs because you have the core stormtroopers in there that can sort of fit in with anything to do with the Empire. Mm. Whereas with the other set, you're very much focused in on a particular sort of vignette within Return Tattoo. of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah and, and stuff like that. But um, apart from Luke, obviously, he's, you know, he's Luke. <laughs> um, yes. And it would be very cool to see these two paired up against each other because it looks like they work very, very nicely in a duel because you could have Luke's lights, uh, lightsaber blocking Vader's. Perfect. It's probably yeah. what they were thinking of. Yeah. Them, I imagine. Also, of appreciation for the guy, for the person who put the grating under Darth Vader to explain why the the, the cave oh, is moving that he's, he's much. Got, he's got the Marmon <laughs> row pose. <laughs> it's coherent, at least. Yeah, yeah. very cool. That <laughs> was probably accidental. I don't think they realised that when they uh, stuck the bases on. Uh, that, that, that is an annoyance. Whenever you see a character's hair just going woof up behind them, it's just like, why? It's the, it's the anime heroic thing. It's to, tell, it's to tell you that they're a hero. So, yeah. <laughs> the answer is the force. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is always the force. Uh, really yeah. nice sculpts. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the Legion fire seal, mind you. <laughs> It'll come eventually. I'll get it. I'll yeah. get my cheap stuff. Don't you? Uh, yeah, that stuff will oh, be. Yeah. Uh, it's Star Wars. It wouldn't be a fire seal. It's a plasma seal. I guess. But that stuff will be out towards the end of January. So if you're looking for stuff for uh, that kind of era of Star Wars, watch out for that. There we go. Sweet like candy. Uh, now, Colin has been up to more stuff for Ragnarok. Oh, yes. Mm. Um, so, these are not the usual. Dark no, things. no. So a lot of stuff that uh, has been worked on by Ragnarok Miniatures in the past has been around the idea of uh, Vikings and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but as everybody knows, Colin has quite the love of Middle Earth, <laughs> as has been shown with his wonderful take on Gandalf and Bilbo and stuff from the Battle of Five Armies, which I think mm. is quite nice. Uh, and this, again, is a little bit of an ode to Middle Earth, because this is his work on the Woeses. Um, so for those people who haven't read the books, <laughs> the Woeses, the Druidan, the Pucklemen are the ones that help the Rohirrim um, get to Palinor Fields and sort of keep them out of the eye of Sauron's forces. Uh, and they are the sort of guardians of the woods that really don't like orcs. Um, and so this set has been designed so you can build yourself your own collection of Woeses fees on the tabletop. And you don't even necessarily have to use these for Middle-earth. You could use them for something else entirely. Uh, so the set comes with two characters. So you've got Garn Gunagarn. I see what they've done there. Mm. <laughs> Who's your leader for your faction with his uh, badass shield and everything at the ready. And then you've got Khan Nakad Khan, who is your sort of shaman that you could use. I like to think that he's preparing a Hail Mary throw for that head. Right. So he's about to pitch it like a football. <laughs> Looks like you don't think there's a couple of chestnuts inside that and he's using it like a rattle. It could also be that, yes. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but it looks like a shaved Ewok. Uh, well, 
I suppose so. <laughs> uh, but sorry, what was that? Jack? A selfie. Like. yeah yeah very true uh but yeah so this set also comes with a couple of uh, awesome warriors for you to choose from as well so you've got the uh the javelin throws there at the ready getting stuck uh, stuck into an ambush then you've got the spears and shields as another option for you to choose from and then there's bows too which is very nice to see so they've done a really nice job there of kind of filling out this collection to give yourself effectively a huge army of woes to play around with um the thing that I particularly like about this as well, as someone who plays the Middle Earth strategy battle game, is that it's quite hard to get your hands on Moses. In fact, almost impossible. And so this could be a really good way for you to actually build out a full army of these with lots of interesting and unique poses in there at the same time. Um, so yeah, great stuff. From do they have rules then in strategy they do. battle? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize they'd been included. Yeah, yeah. There, are, there's rules for Gamburigan and. Uh, just the woeses and you tend to just ally them with other forces uh-huh. normally the Rohirrim and that kind of thing so uh, put yeah. them in with the, the Shire yeah the thing that's really nice about these models as well that is that they've been left so that you can do loads of tattoo work with them so if you want to start um, adding things to their faces and arms and bodies and things you can just go mad with the free handing if you are uh, if you are so inclined so then yeah. chooses blindness <laughs> get a pen draw it on yeah. with an ink pen that's mm. the easiest way of doing it. That is yeah. very much yeah. the easiest way of doing it. I like the look of those a lot. Yeah. They're interesting. They're interesting. Especially for things like um, Tribal mm-hmm. and obviously Saga, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> but having a, because obviously Tribal has a, a few different iterations, mm-hmm. um, not just the sort of Maori Pacific Islander sort of stuff, but they, they started off with um, Primal. Is that the, did, the, yes. the initial yeah, game was yeah. Primal? So that was... Mm-hmm fantasy-esque early tribes uh, coming together so so yeah having more um primitive style humans sort of uh, is always good to have and they've got that sort of pot-bellied pygmy kind of feel something good well. for savage yeah. core as well if you're looking to go down that oh, route yeah, so. savage core. oh i hadn't thought of savage core oh you're a little legend man <laughs> i'm also i'm not going near savage core because there's a lot of other stuff on that website that i want to buy oh yes so I'm, i have to i have to be very careful when i visit that so, uh, lucid so, eyes. So, yeah. I bought this gift for me. Yeah, I do that a lot. Uh, <laughs> if anybody hears a knocking, by the way, it's Dungeon Saga Origins arriving. The, <laughs> the UPS trackers on my other screen here right now. Oh, see, <laughs> you just see Jerry just body dive uh, off the screen. There's another present for me. Uh, right, <laughs> dystopian wars then from Business Daddy. Yeah, uh, another another folks, range. yeah, the uh, the folks at War Cradle Scenics and uh, and Whaling Games have been working on a whole new set of ten millimeter wargaming terrain for you to drop into your games. Um, so this uh, set isn't going to be coming out until next year, so it's going to be sort of like an early January uh, product that you'll be able to pick up. But they wanted to get it out there into the world now, so you can have a look at pre-orders and stuff because this would be perfect for those people who are diving in to play games like. Legion Imperialis, perhaps. <laughs> and also their game that's coming out next year, which is called Armored Clash. So if you're interested in uh, building up a fun set of terrain, this is a great option for you to uh, to pick up and have some fun with. It's a big modular set. So it's loads of wall sections and roofs and all that kind of good stuff. So you can build one massive building if you wanted to. You could build smaller ones. You could build individual elements of a sort of like industrial bay on the uh, the side of a the side of a city sort of going off into the ocean so you can match it with your games of uh, dystopian wars if you wanted to which i think it'd be quite nice and because it's got that industrial zone feel to it you've also got all the extra bits and pieces so you have crates and cargo containers and you have the um 
the big cranes and everything as well that you can sit onto the side and then there's guns to mount on the building too um so whichever way you wanted to approach using this terrain in your kind of industrial settings you've got some nice options there uh, and as i said great for armored clash uh legions imperialis and then drop zone commander as well could be a good shout for this one so yeah very cool battle tech and mm, battle tech. you've missed you've missed the oldest game of all and battle tech yeah. <laughs> saving the best for last i'm assuming based on the cranes and like which have popped up in the oil rig set that the little circular modular bits then will be compatible with the other bits from those yeah probably yeah. they're so starting to, to stick some magnets in them yeah. and yeah have uh, they, they dry fit particularly well, well just, oh, yeah, just plug yeah, you can just yeah. plug and play um yeah. but it means they're starting to develop more things that have a, a certain amount of cross compatibility modularity as far as terrain and objectives go which is nice See, I would love to do some industrial platforms for these and have it like an, an ocean-based, you know, enlightened like research station. You're really on fire for ocean at the moment, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> we should make you play some sort of boat game. Out of the games, Dystopian Wars is one of the ones I really, really like. There we go. There you go. I should make you play Shay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I think it looks really cool. Nice, nicely detailed. Should be really fun for Armored Clash when that rolls around uh, next year as well. And uh, I think there's like 450 pieces in the set, so plenty of plastic for you to be playing around with. It's as tall as a tape measure. That's another one of those <laughs> standard things. reference tape standard, measure. Standard reference yeah. tape measure yeah. for all of those. There, where's the ball thing? There's the ball thing. That's, that's the, the model from Armored Clash, yeah. So. Is that what that is? Because mm -hmm. that, that's very tripod world war one yeah I've, I've seen big world war one ball things before mm -hmm. and the germans donutted around the place in them quite a lot in uh, a previous iteration of tripods um that's going to be interesting yeah actually going yeah. on to the uh the land no no boats there justin Only boats oh, it's all right to, I'll, they'll I'll... have to set off a couple of miles and just shell uh, jerry it's fine there'll be a convenient canal bent, built into the board Oh, convenient canals. A well placed fjord. I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna put the evergreen across the middle of that convenient canal and stop you ever getting anywhere near me. <laughs> yeah, so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Plasticky things. <laughs> Easy there, tiger. Right. Uh John Blanche recently uh disappeared off from GW via the medium of, of retirement, yeah. mm -hmm. but not soon enough to be involved in the talking miniatures book. Yeah, unfortunately not. That Robin and, and John did, uh, yeah. which I got my copy. It's great. Uh, yeah. Didn't get credited for fixing their mistake, mind you. But yeah, oh. so, yeah, that's what it is. However, if people want to know what John has been up to, he does have his own book coming. Yeah, so uh, this is the officially licensed biography of Mr. John Blanche, the Lord of the Grimdark. Um, so yes, this is going to be coming, going to be coming out uh, from uh, Ralph Parther and uh, Wombat War Games. Um, it's designed uh, as a book for you to dive into and have some fun when it comes to exploring not just the art and miniature design of John Blanche, um, but also uh, the person himself as well. So kind of like his views on things and on all that kind of good stuff as well. Which I think is quite a nice little touch to this because uh, it's sort of delving into the mind of Blanche effectively. Um, whatever you think of his artwork and uh, the Blanchitsu designs that everyone has um, lauded over the years, uh, it's hard to ignore the impact that he has had on the grim dark and Warhammer 40,000 and everything else including age of sigma some of his early concept work there carried through into the design of things like the stormcast eternals and everything else there too um in addition to having insights on john blanche there's also loads of additional people getting involved with this as well so 
just to give you a, a couple of names that I know a lot of people will know, uh, Lynn Blanche, Alan Merritt, Trish Carden, uh, Tom Evans, Paul Bonner is in this as well. Jess Goodwin's got one involved. Uh, Tomas Pirian as well involved. Ian Miller, another fantastic artist. They've all contributed to the book and sort of talked about uh, John Blanche and his work. So if you're somebody who likes the grimdark, this is probably going to be a book for you to uh, snap up and put on your coffee table, I would imagine. So. I heard, because it's going to come out via Amazon, Yes, but I heard the initial pre-order run might be slightly different from the one that hits Amazon later on, and I can't remember the why. initial the initial range with the initial a certain amount of them were signed. I believe that, that's it. Uh, then. That that is now definitely gone. Yeah, they're definitely gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, you won't get John's signature, but uh, it's still going to be available as uh, as you say, Jerry, through through Amazon. Um, from you today, two, you so. two can do John's signature in the Blanchitsu style by yes. signing in a pen and then throwing a cup of coffee at the page, <laughs> <laughs> and nobody will but, know the difference. Well, yeah. no, that, it's that, or you get your copy, you find an event is going to, and you hunt him down. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, true. You know, he, that, does go, he does go to bring out your lead. So yeah, <laughs> you know, to get a signed copy, hunt yeah. your favorite star down. Yeah, in a good way. No, just just hunt them. Chase them around, <laughs> and it, it'd be interesting because he's a he's a fantastic artist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always come across because he came up, he developed that style because they needed to fill a book very quickly with lots of stuff, mm. and he can churn out lots of those inky sketches. But things like the um, the Night Panther uh, over the Breakland, oh yeah, yeah. It's sort of it's like an oil painting, full color mm-hmm. oil painting. It's absolutely stunning. It's one of my favorite bits of art. Full stop. Um, never mind just being from the Warhammer world. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see um, what is what sort of things come out in it as well, especially going from <laughs> an artist to sort of lead in the, the art studio and, and being responsible for steering a lot of the, the artwork that came out from GW as well. Yeah. Um, and, of course, I'm sure the Badger story will be in there as well. Apparently he's got quite a thick accent. And there was a new, I want to say it was Mark Gibbons, it might not have been there. Um, somebody came in and uh, the first thing was John asked him to draw badgers. And like, he went home and was going, he said to his dad, oh, he wants me to draw badgers. <laughs> I was like, he had to work up the courage to go back the next day and ask. And he wanted him to draw badges. So like uh, the symbols for each of the race. So like, here's uh, a Zipman badge, here's a Skaven badge. <laughs> uh, but that sent him into a mild panic for the first day or so. Love it. Love it. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, mm. We shall be rounding up the news with some memory miniatures. Millmen. There's no third M there. So. <laughs> Yep. Yes. Uh, so this is not uh, Windy Miller, um, but yes, if you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking to dive into a little bit of medieval warfare on the tabletop, then you might want to pick up some of the new metals from the folks at Medbury. Um, they do amazing stuff in the three D printing sphere on Patreon and all that kind of good stuff as well. Uh, but they've more recently been uh, releasing a lot of their stuff as metals for you to pick up at the same time. Um, and this is one of the uh, more recent medieval sets that they've done. So this allows you to effectively make the core of your medieval force on the tabletop. Uh, they've got a couple of sort of command sets. So you have the commanders that we just saw there with their swords and shields at the ready, and then you have the access to the um, 
the, the horn blower and the standard bearer at the same time. So if you want to build up your regiments, you've got some nice options there. Just sort of double up maybe the horn blower and the banner bearer one, and you've got to separate them out into two two Come units on, if you prefer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, they're also done a full regiment of billmen slash spearmen for you to play around with as well. So the set comes with uh, wire spears for you to use, but they've also done like a plastic sprue of bill hooks, oh, okay. bill hook heads. So yeah, you yeah, can yeah, just yeah. put to them on the to make the pole arms. Yeah. So if you want to do that, you've got that option at the same time. So you can either go with classic spearmen Never. or you can go with this option for the billman if you want to go in that direction. And no, they're not all called Bill. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Spearmen clearly because they're just that bit more stabby. Well, I don't know. A bill, oh, a bill hook can knock a guy off a horse and take him out. You run these. Oh, no, I, I mean, you put your hand down on top Albert. of it the miniature will stab you. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they'll still do that. But these are these are spot on for um, Bretonians. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so it's a it's a set that you can buy as the regiment fully, as you can see there. Mm-hmm. So you get the command elements alongside the uh, uh, the the regular soldiers. They've also done it so you can buy individual packs. So if you just want mm. maybe three or four billmen, you can go mm. down that route and snap them up if you want to. So yeah, very nice stuff mm. there from Medbury. I think they're delightful. Uh, just send them dragon stuff. hunting. <laughs> yeah. oh, to be cooked oh, in their armor like tin cans terrible terrible person you yeah. <laughs> i send them off to be killed up no i do i really like those i'm still not starting that period in medieval warfare though. <laughs> but these would work so nicely with the stuff from antediluvian jerry and claymore and claymore. In, in fact in fact uh matt has just done a new range of um of some bows for claymore as well recently i think and as we see, Jerry is now talking himself into it. Oh, no, no. no, no. I've, been, I've, been, I've been very good. I've been 100% good in staying clear of the latter period of medieval warfare for a while now. And I will continue to be good. And you can't stop me either way. However, if I was to crack antediluvian, Claymore, and Medbury, oh, that could be costly for me. Mm-hmm. I might sell off some of my GW stuff. <laughs> Anybody want to buy somewhere in the region of 500 Praetorian Guard? They're quite difficult to get your hands on these days on Fleet Bay people. <laughs> there will be a lot of people in the comments wanting to pick those up. <laughs> uh, they're sliding right into Jerry's DMs. Yeah. It's just the way to do it. Right. That's enough of the news. We shall have a little switch. And when we come back, we'll be rounding out the shoe. And we might let Jack talk about his 3D printing. Okay, we're back and ready for some 3D printing. And this week, it's full spectrum dominance. <gasps> Who would have thunk it? Horror, <laughs> surprise! Uh, before we get into uh, the second wave, uh, which I think is probably what most people are going to be interested in, uh, if people have not seen the Let's Play or our lovely interview from last year, or the year before, last year that last was year. last year, yeah, about a year ago, yeah. Um, full spectrum dominance then. It is the pinnacle of tiny fighting men in tiny fighting buildings. In a what? Uh, <laughs> in, in, in a high high quality, but very 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 small very small terrain uh, that you've been working on for a while, along with a saga esque rule set where it's all dice mechanics and management. Hmm. Do, you, do you want to explain to the kids at home what I've said, but properly? <laughs> uh, I can try. 
So uh, the, the whole idea of uh, the game is that I am a person with a limited time, a person with a limited space, and I cannot fathom to play on a, a six by four table. It's something it really doesn't fit in my place. It really doesn't fit in my mind. I cannot think of something like that. So we always try to, me and my friends, uh, that the game has been developed, developed by me and the Feo, who is my scouting buddy and game developing buddy. And uh, we, together with friends, we always had a bit of this issue. So all of the games we tried to do so far always have been targeting small stuff. Even if the game is small, even if the scale is small, you can go smaller. So uh, even current Legion Imperialis, the current trend is that you should play with a full table with a amount of stuff that no like reasonable human being can actually paint uh, to a good <laughs> level unless they're doing it either professionally or they're really into it. So having something a bit more realistic, a bit more uh, of a size that you can actually afford to play is uh, is good. I always liked the ideas of Saga. I always liked uh, others' ideas from other games and uh, creating new, new new rules, new mechanics is always something that fascinated me. Like uh, there are already great games out there. Uh, if I make a new one, I try to make it different. Otherwise it's just a variant of an existing game. And so what you have with full spectrum dominance is that you might, depending whether you like it or not, but you might get the experience of a proper combined arms uh, skirmish uh, I say skirmish, even though, of course, individual miniatures are not uh, a thing. Like, you don't get an individual infantryman running around. You get groups of five, six, whatever you want to play, put on the base, and you get, like, maybe units with two or three bases of infantry. But still, the way the game feels is the one, uh, the kind of game where each individual base matters. You don't have bases that just disappear, and it's like, oh, yeah, I have a lot of them. Uh, you, you actually have it, each individual vehicle having their own uh, troubles, their own issues that happen during the game, and then you have to deal with that. It's 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 nothing uh, groundbreaking at all. It's just a skirmish, but playing a skirmish in this scale on a table that has the size of a kill team or uh, uh, like that that kind of size, more or less, like a, the three by two size of the table uh, is something that really uh, I, I really wanted to do and, and 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 it's really nice that now we have it of course you can play on uh, upset uh, you can increase the scale of everything you can play on 50 millimeters just increase everything by 240 250 percent in total and you can play on a normal uh, six by four table so it depends on the quality of your eyesight or your patience or your availability <laughs> in space amount of resin whatever you want like that the, the game works just as well so the, the initial idea of the game was to be entirely uh, miniature agnostic and scale agnostic of course scale agnostic it still is uh, by definition because of 3d printing but miniature agnostic like now we are steering a bit more into the okay we have our models we like them we make stats that are highly characterful so each model really does stuff that is cool for the way the model looks the way the model behaves so mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of generic units right now but at the same time uh nothing stops you from replacing the model with others we don't have like true line of sight where the chimney of a building actually covers anything you just play <laughs> like th yeah. that part it's it's barely touched in the rules actually we've been trying like i tried to be extremely thorough in the room uh in the wording of the rules but but this kind of part is really something that I think it belongs more of the on the like the 
local players agreement sort of thing. Mm. It shouldn't be part of the rules. So yeah, that then you have this thing. You can play with the tiny uh, infantry. You can play with vehicles, max. You can have huge mechanical stuff moving around. Uh, and of course, terrain is an important, a very important part of the game. Uh, both because uh, interacting with terrain is important. You need it. It is a skirmish. Of course, you cannot jump on a roof and uh, like drop kick on someone, but you can drop kick on someone, and you can jump on the roof. So it's just like it doesn't have the kind of mechanics that Morden might have. But mm. the use of terrain, the way infantry behaves, in a very different from way from uh, like vehicles because it goes through terrain. It can actually hide into terrain that other units cannot use at all. Uh, I think that creating a beautiful table is an important uh, aspect of the experience, but it's also an important aspect of the uh, strategic value or the strategy you're trying to have mm. in, a, in, a, in a single battle. So recently you announced that in the new year, Modifius are going to be publishing a physical set of the rules, um, but that's not going to be the only way um, that people can get their hands on it because currently it's, it's downloadable. It's a, a living sort of rule book. Absolutely. Uh, the game has always been a print and play and will always be a print and play, but we have been working with Modifius to find out the best way to put it uh, out as a printed manual too. It's 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 actually very important for, for the reach to, to get as many people as possible to actually uh, understand what most cases are to begin with. Now, sure, Legion Imperialis now uh, came out, but it's going to be very self-contained. Having something a bit more elastic, something that you can just get the manual and play is very important. It's not super easy. We had to figure out the best way to allow people to both print the stuff, uh, the cards in particular, or have the cards. The manual itself is going to be hopefully very fancy. We are going to add a lot mm -hmm. more stuff that is not in the current manual. But of course, right. that stuff is always going to be available uh, digitally too. So depending on whether you want to have a very beautiful object to play with or whether you want to have a like something that updates regularly with... Uh, all the stuff as well. Yeah, having both options is definitely the goal. Uh, yeah, for, for all people like me who don't do PDFs particularly well, <laughs> having a book is just a joy. Because yeah. I'm, I, you know, and I've tried. Oh Lord knows, I've, I even brought a bought a tablet at one point. I just can't get. <laughs> I just can't. I can't get PDFs. It's not a paperweight. Yeah, it's it's not been plugged in a couple of years now. I don't think it oh, works wow. anymore. Um, <laughs> but so the initial. Full Spectrum Dominance uh, has a set of terrain, which we've seen some of which down at the bottom, and two factions. Uh, it has that lovely um, favela sort of uh, yeah. sci-fi Brazil uh, kicking off in the in the craters. But you currently have Wave 2 uh, on the uh, My Mini Factory sort yeah. of campaign -y bit. Their version of a Kickstarter, essentially. It's which basically... Quite well. yeah. It is a Kickstarter where you get the stuff immediately, uh, which also might be called a, a store. But mm. in, a, in, a, in, a slight, in a slightly different way, there are still stretch goals. And in general, there is the hype of a Kickstarter. And it's mm -hmm. going really well. We have been actually blown out by the... The, the, the amount of support we got in the first 20, it's been less than 24 hours and we are already doing really well. We are really, really humbled by that. Uh, the, the, the community building we invested in this yeah. year has been pretty intense. Mm -hmm. And 
And we actually invested a lot of energies in this specific Kickstarter, but uh, the, the results are still uh, uh, above anything we expected so far. So thank you everyone for uh, like everyone who participated already. Thank you. It's been like really a wild ride and it's been less than 24 hours again. But yeah, we have two more factions. We have uh, a lot more terrain. Uh, the idea is that uh, ideally we're going to have five factions in total. So there's going to be one more at least. Uh, but then again, we're thinking about bugs. We're thinking about uh, other <laughs> stuff coming up. Like th there's a lot more coming up. In general, the idea uh, of having more than two factions is pretty good because right now, otherwise you're always playing either the same faction on both sides, which is a bit weird, or it's always going to be the yeah. same battle. Having mm. four means that there are six different combinations plus playing each individually. Mm. It's going to be much better in that. Um and uh, and that's it. Yeah, the, the new terrain I'm particularly proud of, and I hope it's going to be used in many other games other than it's, just it's, ours. It, it's gorgeous. Mm. Uh, having a look at the detail on this, seeing it's, some of the big images that we saw is is amazing. Yeah, it, yeah. It's also practical because the combination of joints you have, uh, the, the the pipelines that goes around and allows for like land side blocking, like just the linear terrain. It, it's actually very practical in terms of gaming. You can mm -hmm. have very, very useful divisions of the terrain to make the, like just like in Morden, having a small table is good as long as you have enough stuff to make it uh, yeah, into a maze. It, yeah. I will say I am loving the design for the union. There's just something about that sort of, you know, low-ish tech industrial field that's just jumping out and going, yeah. Justin, you need to get me and paint me. <laughs> I, I walked around a lot of construction sites and the people around me were very patient with me while I took a lot of photos and that mm -hmm. paid off. <laughs> um, oh, no, there, there's just something there just going, mm, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, for for me it was the the conglomerate are the ones that won me over. I just like that's great. It's the it's the sleek design of it. Uh, it's one of those things that I corporate just really, sellout. I know I want to be the corpo bad guys. That's the thing in my head. I definitely want to run with that. They, it, and they, they look they'd be amazing to paint. Uh, in that kind of like military gray or something like that, maybe Absolutely. with a little bit of shine to them and stuff. Yeah. Just don't do like I'm doing. I'm painting them white and doing paneling on white is oh. pain. But oh. I'm really happy on how they turned out. Those are sculpts by Feo, my sculpting mm -hmm. uh, partner. And uh, I am really happy the way they all turned out. The, the, the overall feel of the unit. He has great vision in general when he does stuff. He's the same who sculpted, among other things, the Asian City range, which is one of our first ranges. It's, it's very simple compared compared to new stuff, like both of us were much, much, much uh, more basic but then, but the vision of it, the the the, the design of it, the, the way it looks, even from distance, it clearly shows that there is an understanding of what's going there. I'm really, really happy like that, that range has become so, so big. even Adam Savage talked about it, not him directly, but his channel. So very was, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was like a great achievement. So yeah, that's, those are the two uh, factions and yeah. they also have different gameplay. We really invented, like in invested a lot in, into inventing new uh, small mechanics. It, I think it has a bit of the thing with like, you know, Magic the Gathering that every time there is a new edition, there is one new rule that got, comes in. Yeah, so right, the, yeah. the core is always the same. Every single faction or every single uh, new edition has a new rule coming in. So we try to do that with uh, this factions too. And it kind of works well. Like the idea that the way they play is really different, but at the same time, the, the core of the rules is... Uh, and entirely unchanged, which is our goal from the beginning. Actually, we're hoping to get more even fan-made factions out there because 
the potential, the, the rule, the game engine itself has a lot of potential for customization. It's not just a few numbers. When you look at a like a unit profile compared to other games, it has a lot more stuff in it, even though it's not like a lot of stuff to read. It's just that there are many uh, degrees of freedom, many parameters you can play with. And adding one single extra like special faction specific rule is go, goes really a long way. Mm-hmm. I, I have a question. Yeah. How long does something like this take to sculpt? <laughs> because it's ridiculously detailed. I mean, stupendously detailed. And I imagine <laughs> while a lot of it could be, you know, cut and paste and replicate, do you have to sculpt to a certain level and then test print and then go, well, that's not going to work. This is going to work. Or have you got to a point now where you go, I, I know that this will print first time after I've done it. And it's just a case of, of refining the actual sculpt itself because gantries and lace work like those railings are tricky enough to do in 28 mil. I imagine people printing um, or even attempting to sculpt things in sort of six to 10 or, you know, that, that smaller scale. Um, a lot of the time you wouldn't even expect to see this. Uh, people would go for solid barriers or solid walkways because it's just so much simpler. So it's obviously you've got a very exacting design style that you, you I mean, the this when we first spotted you as an indie, yeah. uh, it was because of the level of detail in the sculpts of the buildings just blew me away. The first time I discovered that they weren't 28 mil, it wasn't a six by four, it was like a, a two by two board that I was looking at. <laughs> so, yeah. In terms of the, <laughs> you okay? Oh, I, I think I, I'm oh. not muted. Right? Okay. No, you're okay. You're okay. I'm we so can sorry. Hear <laughs> <you>. <laughs> it's a bit tricky. I think that the, the, the interesting thing is, um, at the beginning, of course, I needed a lot of trial and errors. But in terms of like uh, the, the 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 walkways, the the patterns, the lattices, those things at this point are like check. Like they work, they always work because once I've done it, once I change the style between different ranges to keep them more uh, unique, unique style, but at the same time keep them cohesive, uh, cohesive, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You got it. Um, in any case, like those things kind of work every time because it's kind of always the same. So there is that aspect. Plus, I have done enough of them that sometimes I just know that one thing will show or not. But still, there is a lot of trial and error. Yes. Uh, in terms of how long it takes to scale this kind of stuff honestly if i knew exactly what i wanted to make at the end of it i would be done in a day the problem is i'm not so usually that <laughs> uh, that the plane around with parts combining them changing the shape understanding if the volume is right or if it feels wrong in hand the thing that i usually do is i do rough volumes and print them and just see no. how it feels in hand. At that point, it's like, yeah, okay, I, I kind of know what I'm doing. I kind of know the kind of volumes I want to have. And then you can just build from there. But I would say that it's like, it's like the concepting phase is probably the one that takes longer. Mm-hmm. And it's also why I am sometimes a bit bitter against people that just copy against worship because the concepting phase itself is a huge part of the investment in time and creative juices. Mm-hmm. Like if you already know what you're doing, everything is much easier. So in this case, it's a bit in between because I really 
knew that I wanted to do this stuff, but still like deciding, oh, should I put this here? Do I add a trust there? Uh, why why is there an H beam there that shouldn't be there? Like that kind of stuff takes, yeah. takes quite some time. Yeah, well, you, you actually get into a little bit of structural engineering when you're doing something like this, because this yeah. that we're seeing right now doesn't exist in the real world. So you actually have to think, how would that be actually built one-to-one scale to yeah. feel right and be right, which I find incredible. Yeah, I'm sure it will collapse in a moment, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it's powered by unobtainium. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. That yeah there are some that. there are some pipes that go nowhere or that connect all together. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, why? What is this? But yeah, I'm yeah. sure that some, yeah. I mean, some... Looking at this, it feels like it would be structurally sound if you actually built it. Yeah, if you make it all in metal and like yeah. weld everything together, yeah. it's it's pretty hard to collapse. But yeah, yeah. Uh, close enough. <laughs> so one of the things I've noticed then, obviously, there's the the Union Army and the um, conglomerate and the train. They're all due pretty much as soon as the campaign ends. Uh, but you've been adding stretch goals, and the stretch goals are sort of coming up by month by month uh, yeah. in, into the future. So. Uh, I imagine if if this campaign goes on, because it, it's due to run for another 40-odd days, um, if things continue as is at the moment, you could find yourself still sculpting up until next Christmas. Uh, if it goes to 25 per, 24 hours for another 48 uh, days, I probably won't have to worry for other campaigns for a while. Yeah, But no, <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to uh, be that big. I am really hopeful uh, uh, about the whole campaign. But And now we're kind of slowing down a little bit on mm. the on the new uh, stretch goals. I've been actually working on some uh, just before we started this call. Um no, I, I think it's gonna be fine. I, I think we're we're actually planning the, the 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 stretch goals in a way that makes sense, and we're setting the dates reasonably. Just uh, uh, one thing to clarify: actually, mm-hmm. all the stuff that is in the campaign is already available. Like, if okay. you join, you get it right now. Oh, you get it immediately. Oh, yeah, all all of the stuff is done already, except for one. Um, uh, one of my behemoths, one of the union behemoths, because uh, at a certain point we had to prioritize before the start of the campaign. And uh, I really wanted to have everything painted for fancier photos, but I kind of got into a proper burnout. So I, <laughs> right. Right, right now I cannot look at me at, at the pots of paints without having a little <laughs> bit of nausea. So uh, yeah, I, I had to take a few days off. And so I decided not to finish that, but yeah, it's going to be finished. The, the concept is there. It's just a matter of uh, a, a week or two of like dealing with the campaign itself. And that thing is going to happen. Cool. But yeah, everything is already available and uh, the new stuff is going to arrive. We put very conservative dates for the new stuff. So some of the things are relatively small, relatively easy to do, but we just wanted to have the Dead right people. amount of time to do. Yeah, exactly. But we wanted to have the right amount of time to do them right, to be sure yeah. that everything works fine. Uh, mm-hmm. The battle mats, I'm really, really, uh, I'm working on Blender to make them. So it's like a, oh, gonna wow. be a render of a 3D scene, but it's something I'm still uh, figuring out perfectly. So I took it like, okay, yeah. let, let's give a few months for, for that so, to be Because uh, that was one in particular I wanted to ask about, because presumably that will be a file then that people can take to somebody like P Work or Game at EU or th- yeah. these companies that print vinyl neoprene mats and go yeah. here's the file make me that mm-hmm. that's correct 
Yeah, that's, that, that, that's the idea. And the idea is that doing it on Blender allows me to have like procedural uh, textures. It allows me to have real, uh, real time, well, real time, like realistic shading, which allows yeah. for a little better feel compared to most of the battle masks that are out there that have great vision, great design. But sometimes you can see the same piece replicated Repeated around. Multiple yeah, times, yeah. So we're, we're trying to get better than that in that. But on the other hand, it's something very new. So, uh, We'll see how they come out. I, I am hoping they're going to be really cool. But And also the other important thing of battle mats is that uh, one thing we realized in this last year is that the lore and the general feel of the aesthetic of the game really matters. Mm -hmm. So lore-wise, we're working on it a bit. But the best part of lore is not like having a black library. It's not having huge stories. <laughs> That's cool, but yeah, whatever. It's more about the little things. So having, mm -hmm. I don't know, the name of five corporations or five union groups and then putting them around on a map and you can just see that logo and if you know what that logo is it gives you like oh there is a story here there is an extra layer of the same story yeah so, that feeling flavor yeah exactly working on the little things and also a, a bit of a shout out for uh, the illustration the first illustration you see in mm -hmm. the campaign like that uh, i've been working with a, a very very good illustrator right now and i love the way uh, illustrations are coming up and uh, I'm really looking forward for more illustration of this. It's it's been really good so far. Yeah, I can I kind of want to get that as like an A2 poster. Yeah. yeah. And there's going to be more of those coming, and each of them have each of them has so much character. There are so many things going on, but at the same time, the composition is so well thought. It's really really great. Hmm. Sweet, like candy. I'm just going to have a quick look at some of the other stuff on my mini yeah. factory that you've done previously. So, look, it's it's more that Vietnam type stuff, Justin. Oh yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. People printed that at the 28 millimeters. Results oh, wow. were very cartoonish, but actually yeah. very solid. So nice. Yeah. Again, well, it, is... it's one thing you guys do with your 3D prints. You chuck so much detail in there that scaling it up, you can put the work in to still make it look like really, really good if you're painting it. Yeah, mm -hmm. a bit, a bit more cartoonish, a bit more chunkier because oh, yeah. like, that, that that's like when people say, "Oh, you can take this model and scale it." However, yeah, I mean, it has to be targeting one specific scale. Then you get the right level of details. If you scale down, scale up, you might have either two thin bars or rather cartoonish or bulky features, which mm -hmm. is fine for some people. I've seen people printing the the, the infantry of the mm -hmm. new faction in 28 millimeters, and it looks good. It feels a bit like Mark Coppleston, of course, not as good in terms right, of composition. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he's a, he's a master, but the, the kind of uh, feeling looking from distance is that one. I, I will say, don't sell yourself short, because the work you guys do is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's say that in order to sculpt figures, mm. you need to be a great illustrator. You need to know mm. the anatomy. You know, I know a little bit of each. I am sort of an illustrator, but I'm not a like. That's not my expertise, <laughs> and my figures are not on pair with my terrain, for instance. And, oh, it, and it's fine. It works. It, it it works perfectly for twenty mm. for six mil. Maybe one day I'll try some twenty eight. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Time will tell. But yeah, it's uh, stuff. Yeah. It's absolutely spectacular, and as people can see there, there is a bunch of stuff already. Um, did I see some of this could be added as add-ons to the campaign, or because this is already in the store, it's separate and distinct? Right now, as for the campaign, we just focused on the two latest bundles. So okay. the Research Compound bundle, which is huge, and the uh, Favelas bundle, which has 
ways too many details for a sane person to paint, to paint, which is lovely <laughs> though. And then we put the two older armies, uh, which are, well, they are objectively a bit behind in terms of uh, level of details because they are a couple of years older, especially the tech, but they are so full of character and they really do the, the their job. Like they really work well in pictures. They really have the, 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 the kind of tone that allows them to be read better on the battlefield and then then you're like oh this guy clearly jumps this guy clearly crows whatever that means yeah yeah i i quite like the fact that you know you're distinguishing these older ones as not being as fine (laughs) in detailing as uh, the modern ones you go yeah 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 no definitely i can I can see where you're coming from there. Yeah, that's not, yeah. not finely detailed to you. I, I might have a bit of a high standard. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, th- there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, honestly, all of the stuff has like a nice cinematic feel to it. You know, seeing those big walkers, you see that and you can imagine it just chunking across the battlefield. So it strikes the imagination of the people that see it. I, I think cinematic is the word. And I like that our uh, setting is not too serious. It's not not even in a in a ironic way like in Swordship, which is of course it's a super deep, super uh, developed but, settings. But, but it's also there a is a bit of and satire. Yeah, yeah, yeah but there is a bit of there is a bit of uh, grime seriousness in it, even in the satire. This one is a bit lighter. It's just like okay, there are chunky guys that jump around. There are uh, construction workers that finally. I don't know, can use the hammers in a different way. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's more of a like uh, like a like a light comedic tale in a way. Yeah. Amazing. Well, there we go, folks. Uh if you haven't already seen uh Full Spectrum Dominance, you should check it out. There's a let's play, there's a longer interview. Um with the guys Lizzy Lizzy Forger as well, if you want to check that out. And there are oh 43 days left on that second wave at my mini factory so if you want to if you want to start doing small scale stuff just go another another two days another two days of early bird by the way so uh, you can so, save some money so by the time you see this there'll be one oh, more day of early bird that's true, that's true. get in or miss out get in, get in quick fill <laughs> your boots yep uh, run don't walk to uh, full spectrum dominance <laughs> right uh, we have some other campaigns to have a look mm-hmm. at before we finish off the show yeah i'm nice. going to be starting with luke battle mats where's yes. it discovered loki oh there you go yeah because that's what Lucky they said in the video oh, there uh, you we go. should pro- we should probably start saying that we should probably start saying that yeah, yeah. yeah. so loki battle mats uh have got a new campaign uh, over on backer kit that is just hilarious right so normally you'll know loki from doing all of their awesome uh battle mat books that you can dive into and use for your dnd games one of the things that i think a lot of people suffer from especially if you're playing a bard is that to come up with insults and that kind of stuff on the spot can be really taxing uh, and in some cases you'll be playing and you'll be like uh you look like a fish or something i don't know whatever <laughs> everybody <laughs> defaults to the monty python frenchman yes. insults and exactly. you can only do that once or twice per session before, <laughs> before it, it gets, gets very boring. boring so what better than rather than a deck of many things a deck of many insults. <laughs> <laughs> Morality advisory. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> so this is a set of cards, 100 cards that come with 100 insults on them. So if you are one of those people who plays the bards and, and they love to use vicious, vicious mockery, this is the deck of cards for you because you'll be able to simply draw a card from the deck and just spew out some terrible, terrible, terrible language at your opponents. Um, 
there are some quite funny options in here. Mm. Most of them around the idea of dragons. Uh, like, if you put your brain in a dragon, it would fly backwards. Here's a map of all the places you can go beep yourself. All sorts of different things like that. <laughs> I, I quite um, like your titers in a Kraken's arse at 50 fathoms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I see. I was thinking just calling someone an orc running son of a tavern whore. There we go. That's another perfect one that you might find within these these cards. In addition to that, um, they've also got their artist, James Hayball, mm. to, to do two quite funny pictures of dragons. Yes. So you've either got a dragon showing its behind. <laughs> Glenn Close would say, Avert shows your butthole. Yeah. Or Avert you've got eyes. a dragon who is flipping the bird, because of course, uh, and there's actually a little kind of vote on the, the back of kit where you can decide which one of those is going to be the back, be the back of the card. Well, back we of the know card. which one's going to be the back of the card. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the back yeah. end of the I mean, I'm just going to say it. People are horrible. Yeah. But uh, in addition to the actual physical deck of cards that you can get, they're also going to be working on a couple of additional options as well. So you've got the digital insults PDF. So this will just give you a rolling table effectively that you'll be able to roll on and that kind of stuff rather than having to use um, uh, the card deck itself. And they're also going to do this selection of additional things. So you've got the naughty NPC names. So if you want to come up with some fun names for characters in your tavern, you've got that. There's cheeky spells. I am fascinated to see where that's going to go. Remember us, Maximus. Yeah. And uh, amusing <laughs> magical items as well. So uh, that immovable rod might change in its look and style. Mm. Um, in addition to that, they've also been working on a few stretch goal options. So there's going to be a stat line for Birdie the Dragon. I wonder why it's called that. <laughs> Um, the surprising part is what direction it breathes its fire from. Exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> How about uh, Chili Con Carney? And then uh, finally as well, they're also going to do a book of all the places you can F off to. So if you want to have a really awesome big uh, book of places for you to send people to, they've got that option. And then this was added fairly recently as well. There's also the effing fantastic things. Oh, I have to give this to my DM. Yeah, so if you are somebody who wants to add the rude into D&D, then uh, this is the way to go. Um, as I say, going to be absolutely hilarious for uh, bards to pick up and have some fun with, I think. so. Yeah, I, I will say the little video at the start, because I know sometimes I would click on them and they play little animations and stuff. This one doesn't. Um, it's Tamsin just having a chat about it but I was in stitches because Matt beeped it and Matt missed every swear word. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you're a beep of a wobble. <laughs> like, I just go, this is just great. I was, I was in tears. Anyway, yeah, I, I really like, I like randomness. Anyway, um, I have their their deck of cards, uh, which I use as a microphone stand actually. So I, this is always with me, just there. <laughs> but it's also really good for games because you get you know random hits, random attacks, yeah. random random trade, all sorts of randomness. Um, and I like the idea of, of random insults. Um, they're good. I might get them just so I can keep them on hand for weekenders. <laughs> just, just flipping over things. So yeah, uh, just a bit of RPG weirdness. Bit of fun. Yeah, a bit of fun. They do say aimed at fourteen years old up. Yes. So yeah. It's yeah. it's got sweary insults. Uh, I think you'll find swearing kids. is big and funny. 
Yeah. Kids under 14 love swearing as well, so don't feel yeah. you have to restrict yourself to 14. I will also uh, say that... the stocking uh, fillers for the children. <laughs> that uh, Loki are also going to be working on uh, a new Kickstarter coming out next year as well, which is uh, another big one uh, full of awesome um, maps and all that kind of good stuff as well. And they're also going to do like another big giant book for Wilderness Encounters too, so keep an eye out for that stuff in the near future from Loki. Yeah. Sweet. So. Sweet like candy. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple of Kev Evans Kickstarters to go. Oh, I see what you've done here, Jerry. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it finishes in two days. Yes. Uh, so I felt like adding the other one that also finishes in well, two yeah. days. So, oh, don't worry, I'll add it in. Oh, uh, moral choices. Yep. So we're starting with the work from Old School Miniatures. Um, who are working on a set of Kev Adams Goblins. Uh, so Yay. everyone will know Kev Adams as the Goblin Master. Himself. That is his name. And uh, he will go by nothing else, and it is now on his... Uh, <laughs> he's, he's changed it by Deep Pole. Yep. Um, so yes, this is a set of very cool goblins for you to use, as these are the basis for a warband, maybe for use in some D&D games. Perhaps you can add these in and use them alongside an existing army from your old Hammer collection. Uh, but you'll be able to dive in and put together the barn door stickers who are your new awesome archers so you get the command group that you see there which comes with the leader the champion the standard bearer and the musician with that finely crafted skeleton style bell i think that's very nice mm. very cool um it's like a glockenspiel exactly yeah <laughs> uh, but you're dead we're hungry uh, but then you also have i think it's three sets of goblin <laughs> archers as well so there's a couple of those ones for you to play around with Obviously, this means that you can build up a very nice regiment with these uh, to use in your sort of mass battle style games, oh, or you yeah. could just use them as your warband and fantasy, in fantasy games as well, if you like. And Sorry, they're all very un- yeah, and they're all very unique, which I think is really nice. Well, right see. off the bat, having sixteen individual archers for one yeah. regiment is great. Before I start hitting duplicates, mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. will never know how happy I am after years of fielding three models you know you all the command group and everybody else is all the rest yep yeah. that's that's just how things go yeah. uh in addition to that as well there's also a set of heroes for you to play around with so these ones are quite good so you, you've got gan green i wonder where that where that name came from obviously you've got gangrene the champion there looking particularly awesome and for, for, ferocious uh, i love that pose i think it's so cool big beefy goblin with his nasty sword that's clearly been hitting a few things yeah. he's, he's kept yeah. the rust off it which is good yeah. yeah someday he may discover what a whetstone is <laughs> get those get those chips Burnish out those uh, those chips yeah it's plus one damage for saw edge yeah, but then you've got uh, a couple of spellcasters as well. So you've got Abra the Small, who is that chap there with that Warren uh, mushroom wand. Mushroom yeah. wand. Uh, let's yeah. leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then there's also Kadabra the Not Very Big. <laughs> who but is isn't the... Kadabra the Not Very Big controlling Abra the Small with that puppet? Oh. Possibly. Uh, but yes, uh, so you've got Kadabra, they're not very big there, who is meant to be the apprentice, but maybe, mm. as you say, Justin, there's some shenanigans going on there, which would be quite interesting. Mm. Uh, so if you're looking for a couple of spellcasters to use as part of your goblin force, you've got those options there too. The other thing that's really nice about this campaign is that they're using it as the baseline to build up a much bigger collection. Mm. So they want to do, they, they'd love to do like a full goblin army all again under the the guidance of uh, of Kev Adams and the sculpting as well. So it'll be really fun if this goes well and the backing comes through at a higher level and all, all that kind of good stuff, which it is. Um, and uh, from there, hopefully we'll see even more awesomeness uh, from Kev Adams and old school miniatures as the mm-hmm. army grows. So yeah. <gasps> Doesn't include the shield. That's all right. Aww. I have enough goblin shields to last <laughs> me forever <laughs> and a day. So yeah. that's all right. 
early uh, bird, she's gone. Because like I say, you've only got two days left on this, folks. Yeah. Fill your boots. Oh, hurry, hurry. Um, but yeah, if you want to get some classic old hammer goblins, mm-hmm. uh, they are just absolutely fantastic. And they'll match. And we know the match because Kevin Adams pretty much sculpted all the old ones. every goblin <laughs> yeah. for every company <laughs> in the UK for about 20 years. Heartbreaker, Marauder, Citadel, you name it. He sculpted for them, which is why goblins yeah. always look so good and always match. Uh, they call me Mr. Goblin. They, well, they call him the Goblin Master. God bless his cotton socks. <laughs> uh, so, like we say, two days left, already funded. If you like your old school goblins, go for it. Mm-hmm. If you like your old school orcs in space, here's some Kev Adams sculpted pirate space orcs. Exactly, yeah. Which also has <laughs> two days to go. Uh, yeah. This has been run by uh, Andrew May, um, mm-hmm. who has got a eclectic mix of, of stuff from various sculptors um, that he's yeah. done in the past. And these are just screaming old school. Here we go, free butters, warg the orcs, yep. uh, pirate, pirate-y type things. Uh, and these are an absolute cracking set of figures as well. I love Goblin Green bases. Definitely have to be, I was going to say, definitely have to be put on the Goblin Green bases. That's the way to go. So. <laughs> the, the, the Crown of Commands Discord is just brimming full of things on Goblin Green bases. And somebody put a skeleton horse onto a sand and static grass base uh, and had two were, pictures. Were they ousted from uh, the group? <laughs> they weren't ousted, but there was an awful lot of the Goblin Green base looks better. Let's put the flock on and go with it. But yeah. again, uh, another set of terrific kev um orcs uh, and they they just have that have very much the freebooters orcs feel to them yeah. i mean he's not a million miles away from having three spinning balls in the end of that to make that a shock attack gun if you really want to go nuts yeah and, and i would because there's nothing funnier <laughs> than firing bases of snotlings inside terminators it's, it's just uh, a joy to behold at all times and yeah. i i actually just finished painting my shock attack gun there you go yeah. Uh, yeah really nice little set of stuff there um yeah i think i think this is actually they're doing it under like the label of renegade 83 which Mm -hmm. i think they want to build up into something bigger as well so well kev adams is obviously working with old school miniatures to potentially grow a larger goblin warband Mm -hmm. uh, or goblin army for you to play on the tabletop uh maybe we'll see more from andrew may and uh and kev adams on this front as the renegade 83 collection grows and you see even more orcs maybe even something else you know Space Elf Corsairs, something like that. That could be kind of cool. <laughs> and if anybody wonders how I found it, yes, it was because they're all posed in front of Fugu Adobe <laughs> Buildings. That's 100% how I found this. And I make no bones about that. Anyway, uh, you too can get your hands on some freebooter style Kev Adams orcs. That strange uh, Tony Harrison-like space squig with the many tentacles screaming at people, it's an outrage. Yeah. Don't shoot me, it's an outrage. <laughs> I'm a cockney geezer. Anyway, so yes, uh, double Kev Adams, just to annoy people. Just to finish <laughs> things off. That's, that's how I work. That's my goal in life, to annoy people. Right, we shall return with Jack as well on Sunday morning over on tabletop.com for our XLBS. Uh, if you haven't joined us over there, you can get a 30-day trial. Join us for free. We'll have a chat, a bit of a witter about hobby. Have a look at what the community's been up to. It's very relaxed. It's good. We like it. Mm. Uh, also, while you're over there on Tabletop, don't forget to comment on this video if you want a chance to win that Legion box. Mm-hmm. Right. We shall see you on Sunday, or we'll see you next week. Until then, have a great week of gaming. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.